Hello, everybody, and welcome to 2024. This is English with Tim, the podcast where you can learn English in depth and detail. I wish all of you health, happiness, and success, and also enjoyment and progress studying English in the new year. The new year is a time when many people make decisions to improve their lives. They decide to eat healthier foods, go to the gym more often, quit smoking, and yes, improve their English. These decisions to improve one's life are, that are made at the beginning of year are called New Year's resolutions. Most of you listeners are probably thinking cynically, but correctly, that most New Year's resolutions don't last beyond the end of January. This is of course true, but I'd like to say two things to it. First, even if a resolution only lasts a few weeks, it still did have a good effect. Going to the gym three times a week for just three weeks, or not smoking for ten days, or eating less carbs for a month, still does have a positive effect on a person. Second, these habits that we follow only for a few weeks are still there, dormant in our brains and waiting for the right moment for us to come back to them, even if it's not until next January 1st. It's easier to start studying English again for the second or third time than it is the first time because you already know which actions to take. You aren't starting from zero. I've been thinking a lot in the past few weeks about how to make your English studying habit succeed in 2024. And the truth is that the best ideas that I've found for making your English better um, do not come from an app, website, or book, but rather a resource that shows you ways to start using these other resources and to continue to do so for a long time. That resource is a book I read recently and that you may have heard of or even read yourself. It's called Atomic Habits, written by James Cleary. Atomic Habits is the most successful book on motivation and psychology of the past 10 or so years, and for good reason. Unlike a lot of other books of this genre, it gives realistic ways to create and strengthen habits, including breaking bad habits. It is also really enjoyable to read because it uses really dramatic examples from real life. I read the book myself and quickly understood that it could help my listeners to start studying or keep studying English. In order to help you do that, I have summarized the most important points of the book for you. Cleary's first and most important suggestion for building and strengthening habits is to stop focusing on methods, goals, or results, and instead on character. In other words, what kind of person do you want to be? I, for example, want to be healthy and reasonably fit and to be more sociable and open. I also want to be the type of person who makes his ideas into reality, the type of person who completes what he starts. I have a lot of finished and nearly finished projects for people learning English and want to have them on the market. Even if they don't sell much or even at all, I will still feel good knowing that the works have been published and are out in the world like I want them to be. I write a lot, so I am already a writer, but I don't feel like an author yet because I haven't published my work yet. Another thing that I want is for my family to be proud of me. They're, of course, already proud of me, but I want them to be able to say that I'm an author. If the things that I've written sell, that's uh, even more amazing, but just being an author would already feel like a kind of success. Now, after you've heard me say all these things about the kind of person you want uh, that I want to be, you probably are starting to think a little bit about the kind of person you want to be. Isn't that kind of thinking a lot more motivating than deciding how many hours per week you will exercise or how many pages you will read in English? If these kinds of thoughts are exciting for you, then write down the kind of person you want to be and how learning English will help you to become that person. Be realistic when you do this. If you can't find connections between English and the kind of person you want to be, then maybe your level of English is in fact good enough for who you want to be. Or maybe you need to think a little bit more. In addition to talking about the importance of character, Cleary tells us what he calls the four laws of behavior change. 
Each law of behavior change can be used to build and strengthen good habits on one hand, but also to break or weaken bad habits on the other hand. I'll tell you Cleary's ideas on how to do both of these things. The first law of behavior change is make it obvious. But before we start uh, talking about making a habit obvious, what exactly is a habit? What is it made of? According to Cleary, habits are made up of four parts or steps. The first part of a habit is a cue. Q is spelled C-U-E. A cue is a signal from your environment that tells you you should start doing your habit. For example, if you are a smoker and usually smoke next to the entrance to your apartment and or with your friend David, then the entrance to your flat and your friend David are both cues for you to smoke. The second step is desire. You're standing by the entrance or get a call from David and now you want to smoke. The next step is the response. You want to smoke, so you take out a cigarette and your lighter and smoke. The final step is the reward. A reward is something positive that you receive as a result of your behavior. The reward of smoking is the good feeling that you get from doing it. Sorry for using such a negative example, but it's really a stereotypical one and one that I think people's minds can easily attach to. So there it is. So these four steps are true for both uh, good and bad habits, and what you need to do is make a cue that tells you it's time to study. The standard options are choosing a specific time, putting an alarm on your phone, and making a place in your home where the only thing you do is study English. These aren't bad ideas, but I personally would do something more off of list. When I'm going to start writing these episodes, for example, I first go for a walk around the block, which is nearly one kilometer, and so takes about ten minutes if I take my time. Actually, I go for a lot of walks around the block, and almost always walk in the same clockwise direction. But when it's time to write an episode, I walk around the block in the opposite direction. It's unusual, and this tells me I'm getting ready to write. In fact, now that I'm thinking about these cues, I'm thinking of a few new ones, ones that involve the senses. I buy black pepper to put on my food from a market in downtown Cincinnati that sells all kinds of things like spices, coffee, cheese, meats, tea, and so on. The pepper that I buy there has a really strong and complex flavor. So I think the next time I write an episode, I'm going to, in addition to walking around the block the wrong way, start by chewing on one of those little balls of black pepper. I might choose different spices for different habits I start. I could choose oregano, cinnamon, cumin, or lots of others. As we say in English, variety is the spice of life. Just remember that by choosing something that's too pleasurable as a cue, you risk continuing to do that action instead of the habit you're hoping to build. So make your cue something small. So, how does the law make it obvious, the first law, apply to bad habits that we want to stop? The opposite of obvious is invisible. So make your bad habits, whatever is standing in the way of you studying English, invisible. A few years ago, two of my students, for example, from Ufa, deleted their social media accounts and immediately found that they had more time for studying. Let's move on to the second rule of behavior change. The second rule is make it attractive. Cleary points out that it is not the reward that makes us do a habit. Rather, it is the expectation of a reward that makes us do a habit. Eating a very small piece of food you like before you study English, and then having the rest when you finish studying, is a good way to create a positive expectation. Or do anything like, but only after you have finished your study session. For me right now, in the past few months, it has been playing retro video games, which is what I will do for the 30 minutes um, after writing this episode. One way to make this work even better is to do something that you like only after you study English. In my case, I will have my 30-minute retro gaming sessions only after doing something connected with writing an episode or publicizing my learning materials. 
Another thing that is really critical is to be social and join other people whose goal it is to improve their English. Join or start a free speaking club, take in-person classes, or join an online forum in English on a topic you're interested in. For example, I really like riding mountain bikes and road bikes, so if I wanted to continue to improve my Polish, I could join a bicycling forum in Polish. Being around people who like the same things as you creates positive social pressure and is generally just fun. Plus, you're much more likely to succeed with others' help than alone. Now, how do we apply the rule, the the second rule, make it attractive, to breaking bad habits? Cleary's suggestion is to make it unattractive, and to do this by reminding ourselves of the negative effects of our bad habits. Now, let's move on to James Cleary's third rule of behavior change. The rule is, make it easy. One of the most important takeaways I have about the third rule and from the whole Atomic Habits book is the two-minute rule. The two-minute rule says that any time you start a new habit, you should do that habit for not more than two minutes. Two minutes really is not a long time, and this is exactly the reason you should start at two minutes. I suggest that you work on English or any new habit for two minutes per day, and then double it each week, so that at the beginning of the fifth week, you are studying 32 minutes per day. A related point is that is that willpower, or the ability to do work that you don't like, is not something that you should rely on. Willpower works only some of the time, and habits are about doing something every time. When you start at two minutes, or even just one, it requires almost zero willpower. Starting from two minutes also means that you will not feel that the habit you're doing is big, and that you need to do it later, and then later, and then later again, and suddenly find that it's the end of the day and you haven't even started it. In that case, you do have a habit already, and you are strengthening it, but the habit is thinking about starting, not doing anything, feeling bad, and wasting your time. These are, of course, things that you want to avoid. The two-minute rule is especially important when the habit you're trying to build is uh, one that you find is difficult to enjoy. When you know that you need to do it for just two minutes, then you'll find it easier to start. So, these are some general points about the third rule, but I have some specific suggestions for making your habit easy. I've been teaching English for almost 20 years, and one type of resource that is really easy to use is graded or adapted books. These are books that are written in levels. For example, the Oxford Bookworms Library is a collection of adapted books from level 0 with a 250-word vocabulary to level 6 with a 2,500-word vocabulary. I talked about adapted books and how to use them best in episode number 21, which was called Read Easy Books in English. Basically, if you choose books where you understand 98% or more of the words, then you won't need to use a dictionary nearly as much, and you will read much more fluently and with much more enjoyment. This 98% number is not just made up. It really is important. You can make sure that the books you choose only have 2% unknown words by taking the Oxford Bookworms level test, or by just choosing a level of book, counting the words on the page, and then counting the unknown words and finding the percentage. Another important point here is that recognizing a word is not the same as understanding it. If you included words that you recognize but don't understand as words that you do understand, then your percentages will be wrong and you risk choosing books that are too difficult. And difficult books, of course, break the third rule of make it easy. For listening, I also suggest LO.com. That is spelled E-L-L-L-O. That's right, there are three L's. LO stands for English Language Listening Library Online and is a collection of graded recordings from level 1 to 6, which is around C1 or sometimes C2 level. 
you can combine your harder work, for example, learning difficult words from a list of the most used words with this easy reading or listening. Use a cue to get started with the hard work. Do the hard work for two minutes, then do the easy reading or listening for two minutes or more if that already is your habit. Putting the two together, the easy habit and the harder one, will teach you to associate the hard work with more enjoyable tasks, and at the end you can give yourself a reward. So how do you use the third law to break bad habits? By making those habits difficult. I mentioned earlier the option of deactivating your social media accounts, but you can also turn off your phone, take out the battery, and put it in a place that is not easy to reach. Let's move on now to Cleary's fourth law of behavior change. The fourth law is make it satisfying. If you've ever used Duolingo or Quizlet, you know how even a small, simple ding can really motivate you to keep studying. In fact, some years ago, I decided to complete the whole Spanish course on Duolingo. I quickly discovered that the material was way below my level, but I went through all of it anyway, in large part because that ding and the little green owl that you all know kept congratulating me. Now, I mentioned in episode 26 that I don't have a super high opinion of flashcards, and if you agree with me, you will need to find other ways to make your habit satisfying. My favorite tip in, the atomic ha- in Atomic Habits on making a habit satisfying is to put a cup or glass out in a place where you can easily see it. Each time you do your habit, you put a marble in the glass. A marble is a small glass sphere, usually about 15 millimeters across, often with interesting colors or patterns, for example, a cat's eye. So as the glass fills up, you have a strong and attractive visual reminder of how many days in a row you've done your habit. If you miss a day, then you have to take all the marbles out of the glass. Other more common ways of making your habit satisfying are marking a calendar with an X or using a spreadsheet. This brings us to an important point. You need to keep going every day. Cleary says that if you miss one day, that can be an accident, but missing your habit two days in a row is a new habit that's going to compete with the habit of studying English. That's all for today. I'm curious about your thoughts on Atomic Habits for for Learning English. I'll see you in the comments, and next Monday. It's been great to be back. Thanks for listening.